Changed by Love is the teaching ministry of Pastor Jim Kevney of Calvary Chapel, Morris Hills in Morris County, New Jersey. Pastor Jim's desire is to teach the Word of God with passion and simplicity, as well as a direct application to our daily lives. Today on Changed by Love, Pastor Jim begins a short series entitled, What Love Does. This series comes out of John 15 as Jesus gives some last-minute instructions to the disciples before the cross. These instructions include a command for all of God's people to love one another. This is not always easy, but Jesus wants us to see this as a distinguishing mark of a Christian and of a church. Love is a clear indicator that we are walking in the ways of Jesus and that His love is alive inside of us. To hear more from Jesus on this, let's join Pastor John in part one of his message, Loving One Another. Well, a couple of months ago, I was flicking through the channels and I came across one of those old concerts. You ever see those old concerts that they have on television? And uh, you know, I, I, don't, I like them. I don't watch them usually for hours, but I'll just watch them for a little bit, maybe take a little bit of a stroll down memory lane or see how people used to look. And, and the woman who was on singing is extremely famous. She's a great entertainer. She has lots of hits and really a very, very interesting and intriguing life story. Uh, perhaps you know her. her. Her name is Anna Mae Bullock. Anna Mae Bullock? You say, Sandra Bullock, you mean, Pastor Jim? No, 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 I mean Anna Mae Bullock. Don't you know who she is? None of you, huh? Well, some of you might know her as Tina Turner. And Tina Turner was singing her 1984 big hit, what lo what's love got to do with it? And you may not know this, but Tina was raised Baptist. And so as Tina was singing it, I started talking to the television. Some of you know that I do talk to the television. Don't worry, it doesn't talk back to what I say, but although it does make, make sounds. And I was saying to her, Tina, you know, Jesus would say that love has everything to do with it. She said, what's love got to do with it? Jesus would say, love has everything to do with it. So now we are in John chapter 15. It's the night before the cross. The last supper is over. Jesus and his apostles, we believe, are making their way to the Garden of Gethsemane. And Jesus has been teaching about abiding in him. And he used the illustration where he's the vine, we are the branches, his father is the gardener or the vine dresser, and we are to stay connected to the vine. We did a six-week series on that, on the abiding Christian, which you can listen to online. And now he says here in John chapter 15, verses 12 through 14, we just read them, but we'll read them again. This is my commandment that you love one another as I have loved you. Greater love has no one than this, than to lay down one's life for his friends. You are my friends if you do whatever I command you. And so the title of our message today is Loving One Another in a, just a short two-week series that we have entitled What Love Does. So as we said, Jesus has been teaching about abiding. He's also been teaching about fruitfulness and how the branches are connected to the vine and that produces the fruit of, let's call it the fruit of righteousness. And now Jesus connects fruitfulness to love. And Jesus is now going to get very, very practical and he shifts from just abiding to the character of the abiding Christian, what their life is going to look like. We might call this branch life. What does the abiding branch, what does the life of the abiding branch 
look like, or perhaps more accurately, as he's talking to the apostles who are representative disciples, representatives really of, of the beginning of the church, and, and what does church life look like, and what does it look like when we share love between one another. Uh, once again, we see a, a Bible writer doing something that we call bracketing. Uh, sometimes we call it sandwiching. I like sandwiching better because I tend to always be hungry. So it just means that there's things, something on the end, brackets on the end, or two pieces of bread in the middle, and there's meat in the middle. And so let's look at the, the brackets or the, the, the bread, if you will. Verse 12, which we just read, says, this is my commandment. Jesus says, this is my command. Does that sound optional to you? Now, I believe that precept might be a better word, but this is my commandment, not optional, that you love one another as I have loved you. Verse 17, the other bracket or the other piece of bread, which we'll talk about next week, Jesus says, these things I command you that you love one another. Many Bible scholars think that since that technique is being used here, uh, this means that we have the centerpiece of Jesus' teaching on the night before the cross. And if some of it sounds familiar to you, if you're a Bible reader, if you're not, we're glad you're here with us. If you're not a follower of Jesus, we're really glad that you're here with us. And, and so it may sound familiar from John chapter 13, verse 34 and 35, says this, after Jesus washed the apostles' feet and identified his betrayer, Judas Iscariot, he said this, a new commandment I give you, that you love one another. The same thing he just said here in John 15, that you love one another, as I have loved you, that you also love one another. By this, all will know that you are my disciples if you have love for one another. That was chapter 13. Now in chapter 15, he's helping us to see a little bit more clearly what it means to love one another. Now, if you're taking notes, there's three things or three points we want to look at today. We'll take one point per verse. And the first is the commandment to love from Jesus. The commandment to love from Jesus. Verse 12, this is my commandment, that you love one another. Another version says that you love each other as I have loved you. One of my favorite Bible scholar translators is Kenneth Wiest, and he translates this verse this way. This is the commandment which is mine, namely, that you should be loving one another, and the idea is it's a continuous love with a divine, he says that you should be loving one another with a divine and self-sacrificial love just as I loved you. One of the signs that we are abiding in the vine, that we are abiding in Jesus, that we are close to him, that we are connected to him, is that we have love for one another in the church. People will look around and they will see and they will notice and, and you, you have an affection towards people. I don't mean a romantic one, but you, you love one another. But did you notice that in chapter 13, verse 34, Jesus said, it's a new commandment. Now you say, what's new about it? I mean, love is all throughout the Bible. Who does Jesus think he is by telling us he has a new commandment? What's new about it? What's new about it is he says in chapter 13 and here in verse 12, as I have loved you. That's what's new about it. It's not just you got to love people. 
He says, I want you to love one another. He's talking to the apostles and they were often kind of getting into little arguments with each other. I want you to love one another as I have loved you. In other words, this is now the new pattern of the Christian life. This is how we are going to live out our faith. This is how followers of Jesus are to relate to one another and the attitude that we are to have towards one another. It is an attitude of love. It's very interesting to me, uh, I grew up sort of in a religious system and, and religion has a lot of rules and regulations and things going on. But Jesus is just, he's brilliant. And he takes biblical, true biblical faith, not the stuff that man added on, and he just basically breaks it down to two things at various places. Basically says you're to love God and love people. If you cover those two things, you're really going to cover everything that, that heaven wants you, to, wants you to cover. And the Apostle Paul says that we're especially to love those of the household of faith. Uh, Augustine or Augustine, you could say it different ways, uh, who lived about 1,600 years ago, said this, love and do what thou wilt. Love and do what thou wilt. Now, some people have taken it and modernized it and said, love God and do what you want. Now, you have to think very, very carefully about that, but, but it presupposes that you love God deeply and you're willing to love as Jesus himself would love. And I think it's fair to say that an evidence of true faith and an essential part of what Jesus said in verse 10 is abiding in his love. So now he's moved past the, the, the vine and the branch metaphor into specifics, that we are to abide in his love. And one might say that this self-sacrificial love is a test of your love for God. Self-sacrificial love is a test of your love for Jesus. And I understand that's a very soul-searching concept because we, we're Americans. We're not, we're not bred, if you will, to be self-sacrificing. We, we got to get our piece of the pie. We've got to assert ourselves. We have to get our rights. We have to get a lot of different things. But Jesus says, no, I want you to be self-sacrificing. We'll particularly see that in the next verse. In essence, Jesus is teaching us, and please listen very carefully, that if someone is giving evidence of abiding in Christ, that we must love that brother or sister. Did we hear that? If someone is giving evidence of abiding in Christ, we must love that brother or sister. Now, sadly, to be selfish, to be self-centered, to have ill will towards members of the family of God has taken many self-proclaimed followers of Jesus down. God just won't stand for it. He just won't stand for it. You say, well, that's kind of a bold statement. Can you prove it? Well, let's look at 1 John 4.20. John writes, if someone says, I love God and hates his brother, he is a liar. Now, just stop there for one second. 
the word of the Lord, when the Bible speaks, God speaks, just said that if you say you love God, if I say I love God and I hate a brother or sister in Christ, God says my saying I love him is a lie. That's some pretty strong language. Very strong. So if you have hatred in your heart towards people, it doesn't mean you're friends with everybody. It doesn't even mean necessarily you like everybody. But if you have hatred welling up in your heart towards someone and you say you love God, God's looking down from heaven and going, that's a liar. That's a liar right there. That's very serious. If someone says, I love God and hates his brother, he is a liar. For he who does not love his brother whom he has seen, how can he love God whom he has not seen? You see, loved ones, love is not a suggestion. It's not not like, like Jesus is going, hey, bro, man, you should love one another. You know, we always say stuff like, well, you know, you should love the guy or you should forgive the guy or you should do this or you should do that. That's not the way Jesus talks. The idea is that an abiding Christian has an abiding love that keeps on loving. And that is a mark of a true follower of Jesus Christ. It's also true that when he says, love one another as I have loved you, That's more than just being friends. I mean, we're going to talk a little bit this week and next week too about Jesus calling us friends. But a lot of times we throw that word around pretty quickly. You know, somebody mentions a name and you go, oh yeah, he's a friend of mine. You've met him like five times or you haven't talked to him in four years or something like that. And maybe you're old friends, I get that. But but friendship is often very surfacey. We don't really get to know people. And so we throw that word around. So love one another as I've loved you is more than being friends. It's more than being friendly. It's more than being just helpful at times to one another. It's more than just joking around. That's what a lot of people's friendships just consist of, of just joking around. That's not the kind of love Jesus is talking about. Jesus is talking about a supernatural love. Let me give you an example of something that's not a supernatural love. My son, Tim, and I uh, put our house up for sale because we were moving to another house. And so we were putting stuff in a storage unit. And the guy in the unit next door was cleaning his motorcycle. Beautiful, beautiful motorcycle. So, you know, I was talking to him for a while. You know know how it goes. Let the the young guy do the work while the pastor goes over and talks to the guy. So I, I was talking to the guy who was cleaning his motorcycle. And we were talking about this and that and, and all kinds of stuff. And so when he, when he was done, he, he, I, he says, well, I'm taking off. And I said, well, I'll see you, man. And he goes to me, well, be well, brother. That's just nice. That's just friendly. But that's not what Jesus is talking about. Jesus is talking. And we talk that way in the church a lot of times. Hey, bro, how you doing? Hey, sister, how you doing? We talk that way in the church. That's not what Jesus is talking about. Jesus is talking about a deep, divine love that we have for one another. Now, you think, I don't have enough time for that many people, Pastor Jim. Yes, but you may only be acquainted with so many people, but we are to have a love for all people in the body of Christ. 
This is love is what? Well, I, um, I think it's to help one another on the soul level. I think it's helping one another experience the love of Jesus. It's helping uh, to keep one another in the love of Jesus, particularly at this time with, that, that we're in right now where a lot of people are separated from the church because of, because of restrictions by the government. And, and people are kind of falling away. And you know what happen, happens for a lot of people is they're waiting for someone to contact them. Well, if someone, God lays someone on your heart, and then contact them. But here's the thing. If you know you're slipping away, you know things are not going well, you know that your soul is growing sick. Do you know what the book of James says? If you're sick, call for the leaders of the church. That's what you're supposed to do. You and I are supposed to reach out and say, I'm not doing well right now. I need help right now. And so that's what we are to do. We are to keep one another in the love of Jesus. I get the feeling that Jesus wants us to cherish the love that we have in the church, to cherish the mutual love between one another, to love with his heart. And as we love with his heart, we will experience his love more and more. You know, often people say or we see uh, that a, people, their Christian life is joyless. You ever see people walking around church with a scowl on their face? I'm like, what do, what's up with that? We shouldn't be walking around with a scowl on their face. And, and so we, we want to be really careful of that. And we want to, um, well, people will say, I don't feel the love of God. And, and often the answer is simply this, get into the word of God begin to pray, and then before you feel that joy, before you feel that love, start lovingly serving others. Start doing it. And a lot of times we do stuff and our feelings come in tow. Do you ever have a situation where you just didn't want to do something and then you left that event or whatever it was and you're like, I had the best time. I didn't want to go. That's the way loving God's people is. You think, oh, I don't want to do that but you will realize afterwards that God showed up. So from the commandment to love we move, that comes from Jesus, we move to number two, the motivation to love from Jesus. The motivation to love from Jesus. Verse 13, greater love has no one than this than to lay down his life for his friends. You know, I had seen that 1967 movie, The Jungle Book, many, many times. And you know, that's how the movie ends. When the bear, Baloo, lays down his life for Mowgli, the kid, and, and, and the lion kills him. And, and, he's, and, and, the, uh, and they say, greater love has no one than this than to lay down his life for his friends. And I remember thinking, wow, that's deep. That's deep. And then when I became older, I realized that was a quote from the Bible. J.B. Phillips puts it this way, we must in turn express our love by laying down our lives for those who are our brothers. You see, this is something that we often see in the Bible. I'll give you an example. In John chapter 13, Jesus washes the disciples or the apostles' feet. What does he do? He models the behavior, and then he calls them to that behavior. And anything God calls us to, he also empowers us to. And so he empowers them to, to live it out. Now, some of you are sitting there going, does that mean I have to wash people's feet? 
Well, some people do that. It's, some, it's okay, but I'm not saying that's what you have to do. I think the idea behind the foot washing in terms of modeling for them was teaching them to serve one another in humility. But when Jesus says, love one another, like I've loved you, when Jesus says, lay down your life for your brother, we know that's, of course, speaking about the cross, we have to realize that we can't do things the same way Jesus did. Can you wash someone's feet? Yes, you can. Can you die on a cross to save people from their sins? No, you cannot. You cannot. As a matter of fact, I would be one of the people that would believe that that whole foot washing scene in John chapter 13 goes far beyond the humility of, of, of washing someone's feet, uh, perhaps maybe even spooking the apostles later on going, gosh, we, God washed our feet. But I think it really is symbolic. Foot, uh, feet have to do with the way we walk and walk has to do with the way we live in the Bible. And I think there's a symbolism there of Jesus cleansing us from our walk, from our sins, that, that he can only do for people. And certainly these words, greater love has no one than this than to lay down one's life for his friends, certainly these words point us to the cross, especially, I think, since they come right after Jesus saying, as I have loved you. You know, an important and powerful way to feel confident and secure in God's love for you is to continually looking at the cross. Jesus says that when, when you lay down one's life for your friends, there's no greater love than this, than when you lay down your life for your friends. Jesus' Christian friend laid down his life for you. There, the evidence of God's love for you is absolutely undeniable. Jesus said this, John 10, 18, he said, no one takes my life from me or takes it from me, but I lay it down of myself. So there we, we see, in a sense, Jesus is saying, listen, I lay it down myself. I am voluntarily laying down my life. I'm going to die on the cross in your place for your sins so you can have the forgiveness of sins in eternal life. He goes on and he says, I have power to lay it down and I have power to take it up, to take it again. This command I have received from my father. So his father told him, this is the plan for the forgiveness of sins. When we come back to verse 13, what Jesus is getting at here in verse 13 is self-sacrificing love, in which the supreme demonstration of that type of love is seen in Jesus on the cross. Now, I know a lot of us, we complain about phony Hollywood love. <laughs> we were Sam and I were trying to watch a movie the other night, and you know how you just we said, let's watch the preview of something. And it, it, was, it was a couple, and you know, it was a good actor and a good actress that, from years ago, but uh, they fell in love. And then it turns out in the preview that they had to tell their spouse that they met somebody on the train and they fell in love with that. We're like, we're not watching that. That's not real love. That's, that's just baloney. So we're not going to watch that. So we complain about Hollywood love. But I think sometimes followers of Jesus, if we're not careful, we can have a very sterile view of love. We can have a very sterile way of just using that way. I love you, brother. I love you, you know, stuff like that. And we have to be very, very careful. You see, Jesus is telling them here, and by extension, he's telling us, this love that you have for one another, this laying down your life for one another, this is the Christian life. This is it. This is how we live it out. 
This is cross-centered love. This is for us, if we're looking at the cross, the cross is for us a taste of divine love. Watching God humble himself in the person of Jesus Christ. God becoming a man. Watching love. That's why I love reading the Gospels. Love walking among us. Just walking. Love put on feet. He put on flesh and he walked among us on his way to the cross. And I've always been amazed by the fact that there was many, many different ways God could have forgiven our sins. Many different ways. He could have said, ah, just forget about it. Or he could have, you know, done something to scare everybody in the world and go, we're sorry, we're sorry. But he doesn't do that at all. What does he do? He did it by giving us his son. Now, some people say, well, you know, greater love has no man than this than lay down his life for his friends. Wouldn't it be greater love to, to lay down your love for your enemies? Well, that's not what he's talking about here. That's not the context here. This is how we in the church, followers of Jesus, are to love one another. It it is allowing the love of Jesus we have experienced to overflow out of our hearts in sacrifice to others. Thank you for spending the last half hour with Changed by Love with Pastor Jim Kevney of Calvary Chapel, Morris Hills in Morris County, New Jersey. Changed by Love is designed to help you deepen your relationship with Christ no matter where you are in your journey. Teaming with Changed by Love financially makes it possible to reach thousands, many more than you and I could reach on our own. We are stronger together than we could ever be apart. Please consider a generous gift today. Give safely and securely online at changedbyloveradio.org. You'll find our address there, too, if you'd rather send a check. You can always reach us by phone at 862-217-9686. It takes a team to encourage thousands. You and Changed by Love with Pastor Jim Kevney. changedbyloveradio.org.